welcome to our service this morning. You may see that there aren't actually so many screens up today, and that's because we've got, we think it's 26 people here this morning in church. You, you might have heard them all clapping there, so it, it's getting better. The numbers are going up, and uh, we'd encourage as many of you as you can to come to church over the next few weeks, uh, because it's much better to be here than it is to be at home. I've got just one notice to mention, which is that on Thursday, the 17th of June, at 7.30 on Zoom, we'll be having a church meeting, a short church meeting, we hope, to discuss and approve the lens concept that we've been talking about over the last few weeks. Um, We encourage anybody to come that can, and uh, then we'll be able to implement that. If you don't know what the lens principle is, have a look at the newsletter, because it's in that. The speaker today is Steve, who is here. And what's also interesting, I think for the first time, everybody who's participating in the service will be doing so from here, apart from the prayer room at the end. The prayer room will be as normal. I think that's all I've got to say. So, Steve, would you like to come forward? I have to leave my glasses off until I take my mask off, otherwise I can't see. (laughs) We're going to open our service this morning with a, a call to worship prayer. So let's pray together. We fix our eyes on you, Jesus, our Lord, our Saviour and King. Come, fill our hearts with your endless love and send the wind of your spirit to blow new hope through our lives. Come, light up our souls to rise in faith, to stretch out and to take in your kingdom. Come, pour out your spirit upon us as we stand together as brothers and sisters in the Lord. Come, lift up our heads, brush away the shadows of guilt and shine your grace into our hearts. And so, Lord, as we rise to worship, we shake off the shackles of a fallen world and join with heaven to sing your praise. We will declare your goodness now and celebrate your greatness forevermore. Amen. We're now going to have our first song. Unfortunately, for those in the building, we can't sing along just yet. But um, let's worship in our hearts and minds. alone my hope is found he is my light my strength my song this cornerstone this solid ground firm through the fiercest drought and storm what heights of love what depths of peace when fears are stilled when strife my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, 
out in helpless faith this gift of love and righteousness scorned by the ones he came to say till on that cross as Jesus died It's so hard not to stand and praise and sing with all your might, but soon, hopefully, soon. Um, I'm going to invite Rachel to bring us the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rachel. 
and it's time for birthdays. And I had got Colin written in the order of service, but it's going to be Brian, so I'll move out of the way. Colin said that was a typo. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Um, as ever, I, I always break the rules. Um, there's a lot of work being done between the church and the uniformed organisations. And I'd actually pray for the guides. This week, the guides will be starting back. A lot of work has been done. And, um, and together, we're hoping that this Tuesday, the guides will be back in the building. So we're all very excited about it. Not as much as Anne and John, though. So, uh, so that's great news. Uh, some semblance of normality. But to the issue of the day, are there any birthdays this week? Do I need to go and get my guitar from the corner of the room here? Now, I'll look in the room first. All these people, none of which are having a birthday. Is there anybody out there having a birthday? Lots of shaking heads. Well, that's it, Steve. No? I was here ready. Back to you. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. It's a shame, but never mind. No birthdays this week. So, we're going to have our Bible readings now. So, the first reading is going to be Psalm 138 that Pam will bring us. And then our second reading will be 2 Corinthians 4, 13 to 5, verse 1. And Colin will bring us that. Psalm 138. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. I will bow down towards your holy temple and will praise your name for your unfailing love and your faithfulness. For you have so exalted your solemn decree that it surpasses your fame. When I called, you answered me. You greatly emboldened me. May all the kings of the earth praise you, Lord when they hear what you have decreed. May they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the, gl the glory of the Lord is great. Though the Lord is exalted, he looks kindly on the lowly. Though lofty, he sees them from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. The Lord will vindicate me. Your love, Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. The second reading is from 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13, to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 1. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. 
Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Thanks be to God for his words. Amen. Thank you, Pam and Colin. So at the time that second reading was written by the Apostle Paul, the church in Corinth, who who it was written to, uh, and who Paul had helped start, were divided. Some followed Cephas, some followed Apollos, some followed Paul, and another group wanted certain freedoms. This all led to everything being questioned. Can't a man marry his father's wife? Can't we divorce? Can't we sue in court? Can't we believe whatever we want about the Lord's Supper? Issues like this were destructive then, but they can still destroy and divide churches today. People start to resign themselves to the inevitable. Everything's getting worse. The world is getting worse. Evil wins. What's the point? Yes, problems and divisions weigh heavily on us, but these things are temporary. As it said at the end of that that reading, they're not eternal. But is that how we see them? Do we see them as temporary? So when I was asked to lead the service this morning, I had a look at the the readings in the lectionary, because you you may or may not know at the moment we're following the lectionary. And my heart sank a bit when I read the readings. I thought, they're all a bit gloomy and they're all a bit preachy. But then I began to think about what we've been talking about as a church at church meetings, about the lens that that we're viewing the church through. And I recall thinking in the past about whenever we read the Bible, if we read the Bible through the lens of Jesus... The whole, the whole of scripture is full of hope and eternally uplifting. So maybe I'm reading those passages wrong. Perhaps I need to reread them through a different lens, through the lens of Jesus, through the lens of the resurrection and through the lens of the grace of God. And through those things, nothing can be gloomy. And as a short aside, Colin mentioned that we're having a church meeting to, on a week on Thursday to talk about our lens and how we're looking at our mission and our vision as a church. 
And I just want to reiterate that everyone is welcome to that meeting. You don't have to be a member. You don't have to be an elder. You can, everyone is welcome. Everyone to take part, to participate. And we've all got something to say. In a nutshell, a lens is something that changes the way we see things. And when you read the dictionary definition, it talks about mainly glass and some geological stuff. But basically, it says it changes the way that we see things. So if I take my glasses off, you're all blurry. Now, note that I didn't say a lens makes things better. It just makes them different. Our church lens, Colin is going to put it on the screen now. We've got six elements at the moment in our church lens, and we're encouraging everybody to pray about these, about these elements and, and, and think about them for, for when we discuss at the church meeting. So our six elements are focused, are around our focus of our vision. And our vision says, um, we are a we want to be or we are a beacon of God's kingdom in Birchwood. So that's our vision. And then the elements of the lens around that are distinctively Christian, invitational, family-focused, spiritual growth, numerical growth, and community growth. So these are all the areas that the elders have discerned that should shape our mission and we started to discuss at church meeting and we need to continue to talk about and hone and agree as a as a community that these are the the elements that we need in our in our lens within this lens we can think about within these elements as part of everything that we do as church you know is our is treats on a Thursday, is it distinctively Christian? Is it invitational, you know? Is the Sunday morning service, is it all of those things? And and I'm a bit sad this morning because actually this service this morning isn't as family focused as I would like because I wasn't expecting many children. Um, and we have some children this morning and I look forward to in a few weeks, t- weeks time when we've got junior church up and running and and there's loads of exciting things to to welcome families and 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 really you know make this a home for families we can also think about all of these things about ourselves so am i distinctively christian as i live my life am i invitational have you know how many people have i said this morning come to church on Sunday, or can I pray for you, or how are you doing, or whatever. Are we growing spiritually? Are we contributing to growing numerically? Are we growing in our community? And I think the message of a lens to view life was what Paul was trying to say to the church at Corinth. He might not have said it as eloquently as I'm going to say it this morning. He was only the Apostle Paul. But I think what he was saying, so he said, and if you recall from that reading, he said, it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. 
Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us to you, with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is overflowing, that is reaching out more and more people, may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. So what he could have said is, we all have that same spirit of faith. We can all look at life through the lens of that faith. We can let the knowledge of the resurrection let us see that the problems within our church and within our lives are temporary. We know the outcome. We've got the spoiler. We know the outcome is good. We know the outcome is hope. And we can see that any shadows cast by our differences are overwhelmed by the light of Jesus, the light of the world. So through what lens do we see? Well, first... Our lens is focused by the faith that has survived generations. We've got the same faith as all the saints that went before us, the same as Noah, of Abraham, of David, Isaiah, of Paul, and even of Jesus himself. We have God's promise that God raised Jesus and he will raise us also. That faith that raised Jesus and will raise us moves the saints to speak. In the early church, Paul and all his friends and his cohorts just couldn't keep silent. They were definitely invitational and they were definitely about spiritual growth and they were definitely distinctively Christian. And from that, numerical growth, community growth, and I guess even family focus all followed. So can we do the same? Can we think of all of the people in our world whose lenses are fogged, not by wearing a mask and glasses at the same time, but by spiritual apathy or consumerism or, I don't know, whatever's getting in the way? They can't see perhaps farther than the next worldly thrill, the next thing that they can buy, the next thing that they can do, the next experience. Their vision, and I say their vision, I wonder sometimes, I think my my glasses get a bit fogged every now and again, again, not just from wearing my mask. The vision's not 2020. For some, it's maybe slipped completely off the eye chart. We can have a clearer vision, and we need to speak that to people. God's grace can reach anyone who is blinded by sin or apathy. Within the early church, there's not really any greater evidence of the faith of the early Christians that they were willing to suffer for their faith. And and to be fair, that's true of Christians today as well. There are a lot of Christians through the world who are persecuted because of their faith. We're we're very lucky in this country that there, there isn't that persecution on the whole. 
they went to crosses, they were burnt, they went into the arena, they were killed. Because, but they could have stopped it. They could have just renounced Jesus. They could have just said, I don't know who he is. But they were certain of that faith, certain of that lens that they were looking at life through. Today, we face some of the same suffering. We live with the consequences of sin and of apathy. The forms can take many different um, types. It could be division or war or persecution. It could be struggling or broken relationships. As Christians, we're not exempt from any of these realities. But even though they're real, they are transient. They're not going to go on forever. Uh, the lens of our health can, the lens of our faith can help us see that they are transient and can help us see that there's hope. But hope and grace isn't just for the future. It's not just for times in the future, for, for the next part of our lives or the next part of our being. Paul, in this chapter, he, he doesn't use the word renew very, very much, but he does in this passage. And it's used here to remind us that we're re- renewed every day through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So what lens do we see through? Are we nearsighted? Are we just looking at what's in front of us here and now? Are we farsighted? Do we only see life by gazing into God's eternal promises for the future and ignore the here and now? The world's present reality is seen just with eyes. The unseen world that it spoke about in in that passage of, of God's rule and reign can be seen, though, through that lens of faith. As Christians, we must live our earthly lives in this world, and that can be difficult. Paul didn't trivialise this, and neither should we. But we face our realities as Christians, aware of God, the experience of God's mercy and God's grace. Our troubles are temporary. Jesus was risen to overcome our sin and to give us an eternal home not made with hands. The lens of faith is ours through our saviour, Jesus Christ. Through it, we can see clearly. And today, whether or not you've worn glasses for years like I have, or whether you've never had an eye test, we've all been fitted with God's glasses. And this allows us to see faith through God's eternal reality, even now in the present. But like with our like with our glasses that we get from the opticians, every now and again we might need to give that lens a bit of a clean. Amen. We're going to have our next song now. Open the eyes of my heart.
to remember not to sing. I'm going to invite Dave now to bring us our prayers for the local community and wider world as we move towards our time of communion. If only I had good enough eyesight to be able to get anywhere without my glasses on, that would be great. So let's pray. So Lord, as we come before you this morning, thinking about others, thinking about people that we know, people that we don't know, people who are local, people who live in this country, people who live further afield, we bring them all before you now. Lord, this is such a wonderful world to live in, but some people are not experiencing that wonder. And Lord, we pray for those areas of tension and turmoil. We pray for those in China who are having a very, very difficult time. We pray for those in uh, Israel. 
And Lord, we just pray that you might uh, lay your calming hand on that situation there. Lord, we pray for all of those who are anxious about uh, vaccines, anxious about COVID. And Lord, we pray again that you might lead your Holy Spirit, your calming spirit into their hearts. Lord, we pray for this country and for this local area. But in particular, we pray for those who we know of. Lord, we pray for Edna. Such a long, long, long-term member of this congregation who is now moving into a care home. And Lord, we pray that you will still still find the strength in her faith and feel your presence with her in these very changed times for her. We pray for Michael and his family who has been admitted to hospital to undergo tests. And we pray for a lady known to some of us who was poorly two years ago. Perhaps one of the most generous and caring people we know who is currently in hospital having scans and tests. And we pray for her and we pray for her husband. Lord, we bring Carol's dad, Arthur, before you, who is not very well at the moment. Lord, we just pray for your healing hands on him now. And finally, we pray for Mark and his family. Lord, we pray that that uh, you'll you'll feel your presence, and Lord, that his mum and dad, so far away, will take comfort in your spirit. And in a moment or two, we'll just bring before us in our hearts those people who are particularly on our hearts and on our minds and in our prayers. Lord, we thank you for your incredible power and the incredible power of prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Dave. So whilst we aren't serving communion in the normal way at the moment, all are still welcome to the Lord's table. None of us are here by right or by virtue. We are all here by the grace of God. However, if for any reason you do not wish to participate, that of course is fine. Jesus shared meals in all kinds of places. 
we are used to sharing this meal here in our church building all together. Today, some of us are in the building, some of us are in our homes. But wherever we are, we are all church. Come, living Jesus, be our guest here in our homes, in our church building, or wherever we are. Come, living Jesus, be our host here at your table. When the risen Jesus appeared in the house where some of the disciples were holed up, grieving and afraid, he said to them, Peace be with you. Now, it's not very easy at the moment sharing the peace. We're not all in the same building. We're not, even those who are, we're not allowed to walk round and shake hands and hug and, and share the peace as we would normally do. So as it was a communion service this morning, I thought, is there a way we can share the peace? So I'd like us to try and share the peace through sign language. Now, I'm not an expert in sign language, so please forgive me if I get this wrong. Um, but I'll, I'll demonstrate a couple of times and then I'll invite us all to, to try it if we can. So I think I get this right. It's peace be with you. So that's peace be with you. So let's share the peace together. So it's peace be with you. I can't wait for us to be able to share the peace properly and to to serve communion in the building handing out the, the bread and the wine. But, but for now, we are thankful that we can do what we can. Let's pray. We praise and thank you, Father. Your love will not be contained. For you created the earth, its grandeur and beauty and its delicate balance. And you created us, women and men, to tend and protect and delight in it. And when we forget our beginnings, neglected our purpose or lost our way, you sent the prophets to, care, to, to call us back and illuminate our path. And finally, you came yourself to show us how to live and to demonstrate the magnitude of your love for us. You left us with that lens of faith through which we can see more clearly. Your love will not be contained. Your love does not give up on us. Your love journeys into the darkest places to find us. Amen. Let's hear again the story of Jesus' supper with his disciples. On the night before he died, as it's been recorded by the writer of the Gospel of Matthew. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it. He gave it to the disciples, and he said, Take this, 
eat. This is my body. And then he took the cup. After giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And so we pray again. Come, Holy Spirit. Pour out your blessings on our bread and wine and on us, your gathered people. We don't need a special table or a silver chalice or a starch table linen. It's your presence that makes these ordinary things holy. Amen. Here is bread, broken as the body of Christ was broken, broken as the heart of God was broken, broken as the seal of the tomb was broken, broken to make us whole. The body of Christ broken for us. Here is wine, a cup that brings us together, even in our social distancing. A cup of forgiveness and blessing, the blood of Christ poured out for us. Let's say the words that will hopefully appear on the screen. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Please pray with me. Thank you for the grace that makes space for us at your table. Thank you for the familiar and beloved faces in our building and on our screens. Thank you for the connection we experience through technology and through sharing this meal together whilst we are unable to meet normally and in person. May we continue our lives having been nourished and strengthened, filled with your uncontainable love and with the clarity of vision only possible through faith in you. Amen. And now we are going to have our final song, which is going to be... Hopefully, perhaps the last time we sing this song before the 4th of July. And on the 4th of July, we will be in the school field, all together, hopefully, able to worship and sing with all our might. For now, let's stand if we're able. Let's make some noise with our hands or tambourines if we're able. And let's have our final song. Build your kingdom here. Set our hearts up.
to have our new band over there. The, the old band might have some competition. <laughs> I'm going to invite Colin to uh, lead us in the grace. Yes, for all of those of you at home, you missed out rather a lot there. We had a lot of standing, dancing, clapping and uh, all sorts here, but no singing. Shall we just close with the grace after which uh, we will have our normal prayer room opening up? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all 
evermore. Amen. Amen.